The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Fighter versus the Writer. I'm your host, as always, Damon Martin. And this week, we have a uh, very good show ahead. We're actually going to be talking to one of the people who will headline the upcoming UFC London card heavyweight contender himself, Curtis Blades. But for the first time ever, I'm very excited for this. We're actually going to welcome in a UFC champion I've never had on the show before. And to be honest, actually, this is the first time I've interviewed him one-on-one. I've interviewed him at press conferences and conference calls and things like that, but I've actually never had a chance to sit down and talk to this guy one-on-one. He is UFC flyweight champion Devison Figueredo. Of course, he has a big fight coming up. Uh, excuse me, the uh, flyweight division has a big fight coming up at UFC 277 when the interim champion will be crowned in the fight between Brandon Moreno and Kai Car France. But ahead of that, Let's talk to the man who actually holds the flyweight title, who is dealing with some injuries right now and looking to come back, hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, catch up with him, find out his change in training camps, his change in management teams, uh, and what he's looking to do with the UFC uh, as a bit of a fresh start. So, with that being said, he is the reigning and defending UFC flyweight champion of the world. And let's be clear, he's the real flyweight champion of the world, Devison Figueredo. Devison, thank you so much for taking the time for me today. I appreciate it. Devison Figueredo, obrigado por você ter separado esse tempo para estar comigo. Você é o verdadeiro campeão. Vamos começar. It's okay, brother. Uh... Para mim é um prazer estar aqui com você hoje falando a respeito de tudo que vem acontecendo aí de bom em minha vida. It's a pleasure to be here talking to you, talking about everything good is happening in my life right now. Absolutely. Uh, Devison, let me ask first about how you're feeling. I know you had some hand injuries, you know, dealing with that kind of stuff coming off your win in January. I know you're back in training a little bit. How are you feeling? Como você está se sentindo? Eu soube que você se machucou em janeiro e na, na mão. E como é que está sua mão? Como é que está esse tratamento? E como é que você está? Como é que como é que você está se sentindo? Exatamente. Eu machuquei duas semanas antes da luta a, a mão direita e na luta machuquei a mão esquerda. Mas agora eu já estou aí 90%. Espero que daqui para 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 a luta, para a defesa de cinturão, eu estei 100% para defender o meu cinturão. So, right before, two weeks before my fight in January, I got injured on my right hand. And during the fight, my I got injured on my left hand. So, I'm feeling 90% right now. 
but I believe that by the end of the year, I'll be a hundred percent of course, for sure. Yeah. Now you're out in, you're out in Vegas right now training. Você está em Vegas treinando? Exatamente. Estou em Vegas treinando, tomando conhecimento de tudo, sabe, o, o que o, o FCPI proporciona para mim. É coisas muito boas. Posso treinar aqui. No final, faço uma saunazinha, uma água quente, uma água fria. E vou na fisioterapia, me cuidando das minhas lesões. Yes, I'm here in Vegas, having fun, taking care of myself. Uh, here at the UFCPI, I, I, I can train, I can do physiotherapy, I can I do sauna. Uh, I'm having fun. Yeah. Now, your hands are your, are your biggest weapon. So I imagine you have to be careful in terms of making sure you give yourself enough time to heal up before you fight again. Is that, is that why you're saying, you know, end of the year, you want to make sure your hands are 100% before you fight again? As suas mãos são as, ma as suas maiores armas. E eu, eu tenho certeza, eu acho que você quer realmente se preparar 100% para essa luta no final do ano, não é isso? Ah, sem sombra de dúvida, eu quero estar 100%. E eu estando 100%, não vai ser qualquer um que vai chegar e tomar o meu cinturão. Eu vou estar preparado para defender, defendê-lo com sangue e muita honra. Yes, uh, 100%. Yes, I want to be 100% by the end of the year. So, I want to... I'm taking care of myself, so I'll be ready. I'll be ready by by December. Yeah. So now, obviously, Devison, we know what's been going on right now in the division. We have this interim title fight coming up in July, which I don't. I don't agree with. I, I don't agree with the interim title being introduced. But but can you kind of give me a sense of where you're at right now? I know you just signed with a new manager, working with Uriah Faber. Uh, you know, of course, you're healing up right now. But kind of give me a sense of where you're at right now in terms of when you come back and and, and how things are going right now with you in the UFC. Uh, então, eu soube que uh, a, gente, a gente sabe que tem o o cinturão interino que será agora disputado em julho, dia 30 de julho. Eu não concordo com isso, com esse cinturão interino. Como é que você sente? Eu soube que você também trocou de empresário, você está com um novo empresário. Como é que você se sente com essa luta desse cinturão interino? Bom, é algo que no início eu também não concordei, porque eu tinha saído há três meses de uma luta, mas decidi não colocar a luta e agora eu só, só me resta esperar o campeão, né? E a gente, em seguida, fazer a luta para dar unificação do cinturão aí. E eu estou treinando 100%, estou focado em mim no momento, né? É, troquei de manager, graças a Deus, e estou muito feliz aí com o Ryan Fabe, um outro cara que eu encontrei, gente boa demais, já tinha conhecimento antes, e para mim está sendo uma grande satisfação poder trabalhar com ele hoje. Well, thank God I changed my, the manager. I love Uriah Faber. I'm very happy to work, to work with them, with, with him. I know Faber for a long time. So, and about the fights, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, even though um, three months after my fight, they decide to do this interim uh, belt. Uh, so uh, I'm okay with that. I, I'll be ready. I'm, I'm the champ. I'll be ready by December. How much how much of a difference has it made for you working with Uriah? I I know this is new. You just started working with Uriah recently, but how much of a difference? Like do you feel like this is almost like a fresh start for you in terms of a new manager uh you know and things like that? Um é uma é uma grande diferença agora você trabalhar com Febre. O que se isso significa para você? O que isso uh, o que é que vem de novo para você? com a Uriah Faber sendo seu manager, seu empresário. Ah, com certeza é, é essa liberdade que eu me sinto de poder falar coisas boas sem ah, sem machucar alguém, sem lesionar alguém com palavras, entendeu? Então eu estou muito feliz de trabalhar com o Ryan Faber porque é um cara do bem, um cara puro e eu também sou esse cara. Né? Eu, eu quero mostrar a minha essência, quero mostrar o verdadeiro eu. Well, I wanna show I'm I'm happy to work with Faber because he's a pure guy. Uh, he leave me, you know, I have so much freedom to, to say whatever I want, you know, but I'm not, so I don't have anybody saying that I, the things that I have to say to hurt somebody with words. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to hurt, 
hurt any more people with my words. No. And uh, I have a good relationship with Faber. Yeah. And I know, I know Uriah has a great relationship with the UFC as well. And, you know, ultimately, you know, you're a UFC champion, you want to fight with the UFC. And I imagine that's, you know, the big part here is you want, you know, you want to return and you want to defend your title. É, claro, e a gente sabe que o, o Faber tem um, um excelente relacionamento com o UFC, né? e ele vai ser importante para que você possa manter, defender o seu cinturão e manter o seu cinturão, o cinturão com você. É, então, o UFC é uma empresa que eu amo trabalhar, né? é todo sonho, todo sonho de, de, um, de um lutador é lutar dentro da empresa, e hoje, graças a Deus, estou tendo essa esse privilégio de, de proporcionar um grande show quando vou fazer minhas lutas, né? E agora tudo está se assim, encaminhando. Eu estou trabalhando com o Ryan Fabe. Ele ele é muito querido dentro da organização. E eu tenho certeza que ele vai uh, chegar aí um melhor para mim, entendeu? Para que eu possa uh, continuar dando esse show por muito longo tempo dentro da organização. Well, I I love UFC. I love I love I love to work with with UFC, and I'm pretty sure that Aber, Faber is the the only one who can um, taking care of me inside of UFC. You know, so I want to keep uh, giving you guys the show. You know, put, putting a show for you guys. You know, I, I'm I'm happy. You, you said that, you know, you're in a place now where you feel like you don't need to, you know, hurt people with your words. And, and maybe somebody is trying to push you to hurt people with your words. Do you feel like you're in a better place right now, Devison, in terms of your happiness, in terms of your satisfaction with your career, with your management, all those kind of things? Because that matters. Yeah, uma coisa que importa é que você disse que você não quer mais machucar ninguém com suas palavras, né? que agora você quer uh, mostrar realmente quem você é. Entendeu? E é exatamente isso que importa. É isso? Exatamente. É... A gente tem o Trustal para fazer, uh, para vender a luta, para deixar algo mais animado. Mas a gente não precisa aprofundar as palavras ao ponto de ferir alguém. E eu não sou esse cara. Eu, eu quero só proporcionar o show para o grupo para o público, os amantes do, do MMA, e poder dar um show, fazer o que eu mais sei fazer de melhor dentro do octavo. Well, you know that there is a, a lot of trash talk in the business, but uh, I feel that I, I, I don't need to do to be part of this. You know, I want to I wanna be myself. I want to show who I am, uh, truly. Now I know that uh, you know I know you're you're not the biggest fan of Brandon Moreno, but can I ask your opinion of the fight with Brandon and, and Kai Car France? Because I assume you're going to fight the winner. Can I ask your opinion on that fight? Então eu quero te fazer eu quero a tua opinião. Eu sei que você não é um grande fã do Moreno, mas certamente uh, o vencedor de Moreno com o Kai Car France vai lutar com você. Eu quero saber da sua da sua opinião. Bom, o que será que o público está querendo, né? É, a gente tem que ir aí com o que o público quer. Mas eu acho que o Caicara França vai surpreender o Moreno nessa luta e a gente vai poder proporcionar um grande show ao público. Eu quero o que os meus fãs querem. E também eu quero lutar com o França. Kaikar France has been on a good run, run lately. Have you been impressed by him? Well, o Kaikar France tá tem mostrado aí que ele tá tá frente. Você tá impressionado com ele? Com as coisas que tem acontecido? Bom, realmente eu fiquei impressionado com a última luta dele, né, que foi contra o Askarov. E Askarov é um cara forte, né? E ele bem dizer tirou o Askarov para nada aí, quase que nocau então isso me deixou bem aí impressionado com ele, um garoto que é, a gente não dava 100% para ele. E eu vou estar preparado, cara. Eu vou estar preparado, eu vou estar treinando, vou estar magrinho e ele pode ter certeza que ele vai encontrar alguém para parar ele. E esse alguém sou eu. Well, uh, I was in, I was very impressed about uh, about Kai Kara's performance against Askarov. Askarov is a tough guy, tough fighter. 
So I'll be well prepared. I'll be skinny. I'll be on my way. So I'm ready. I'll be ready. I know you've talked about, you know, potentially fighting at bantamweight in the future, and, and you have fought at bantamweight before, but how, how is your body feeling right now? I know you're, you're not going to fight tomorrow, but, but are, you, are you happy being a flyweight? Are, do you feel like you will always, you know, do you feel like flyweight is still ultimately your division right now? Um, você comentou, mencionou que possivelmente subiria para a categoria de cima, certo? Um, você está feliz? Uh, você está feliz com a sua categoria? Você, se, quanto tempo acho que você ficaria ainda na sua categoria? Ah, realmente sou feliz com a categoria e ainda tenho muita lenha para queimar dentro da categoria. Eu creio que aí uns três anos a mais eu continue dentro da categoria, né? É, dando Muitos shows dentro desses três anos aí pro, pro público. Well, uh, the flyweight division, it's my division. I believe that I still can stay in this division for three more years. So I, I'm happy with my division. I, I'm happy with the flyweight division, yes. Is there is there any chance you'll be in Dallas to watch the, the title fight, or are you just going to be watching from home? Um. Tem alguma chance de você estar em Dallas para a luta do Cinturão Interino ou você vai assistir de casa? Ah, com certeza eu vou estar em Dallas, é, vou ver a luta lá pessoalmente, né? vou estar sentado à frente ali e mostrar a eles que o verdadeiro dono do Cinturão está ah, sentado à cadeira do rei. Well, of course I'll be there. I have to be there. I'll be sitting right, right in front of the octagon and they are going to be watching the king right in front of them. I love it. I love it. Do you do you look at this as more of a number one contender's fight than an interim title fight in your mind? Like, the winner is really fighting for a chance to fight you, right? Like, that's kind of how it works. Uh, can you repeat again, please? Yeah. Like, do you look at this fight more of, like, a number one contender's fight? Like, Kai Car France and Brandon Moreno are fighting for the chance to fight you. Você acha que realmente essa luta entre o Moreno e o Cara France é a luta para verdadeiramente desafiar você como campeão? Você acha que essa luta é, seria uma luta mesmo para desafiar o campeão? Não, realmente não. Para mim, a luta entre dois caras para desafiar o campeão seria o Pantoja versus Breno Moreno. Mas colocaram o Cara France para ele. Enfim, o Cara France é um cara que realmente, como eu falei, surpreendeu na última luta. E agora vamos ver o, o esperar o campeão aí, o campeão do Interino para lutar comigo, que sou o campeão. Verdadeiro. Well, I was expecting Moreno versus um, Pantoja. Um, and Kai Kara, Kara France, he was surprised, he surprised me. So, um, I, I am the champion. I am the champion. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that, listen, I know that, you know, when you're, when you're in the UFC, you know, your relationship with the UFC can change and, and evolve, but would you say you're happy being a UFC champion? You're happy being a UFC fighter? You're happy, you know, where you're at in terms of your relationship with the UFC? Uh, você tá aqui no UFC, você tá próximo do UFC, tá caminhando, vem aqui. Uh, como é que está a sua relação? Você, você tá feliz com, com, com o UFC? Você é feliz na organização? Você é feliz em fazer parte do UFC? Como eu falei, eu amo trabalhar para o UFC. Né? Eu amo lutar dentro do, do, do UFC e proporcionar esse show ao público. E eu tenho certeza. Uh, o UFC me abraçou assim como eu abraço ele. E essa nossa parceria vai continuar a longo, longo, longo tempo. Well, I love, as I said before, um, I love the UFC. Um, and I love the partnership that I have with... Uh, UFC, uh, they, UFC embraced me and then I embraced the UFC and I, I truly believe that my our partnership is going to be lifetime. Now, Devison, I know you said you're training in Las Vegas right now and I know you've trained in Arizona, different places. Are you going to stay in Las Vegas, you know, training into December? Are you maybe going to go out to Sacramento and work at Team Alpha Male? Like, where are you going to be training at as you, as you make your comeback? Eu vejo que você está treinando em Vegas, você está treinando na Arizona. Uh, uh, onde você está de fato treinando? Fala um pouco do, do, sobre os seus treinos. Quem, quem, quem você está representando hoje? Bom, meu último camp foi na Fiore, né? 
mas precisei voltar ao Brasil pelo por conta da minha família. Minha família ainda não tem documentos para viajar comigo até os Estados Unidos. E a minha família me fez ficar em São Paulo, na Shootbox. Né? A Shootbox me abraçou, é uma ótima academia, eu pude tomar conhecimento do treino deles. E hoje, fazer parte do time deles, para mim, ficar próximo da minha família, é tudo que eu queria. E, enfim, vamos ver. Tem muita lenha para queimar e eu espero que um dia realizar um sonho que é trazer minha família comigo aqui para os Estados Unidos. Well, um, yeah, my last camp was, uh, I, I, I was training at uh, Fight Ready in Arizona, but uh, after my fight, I had to go back to Brazil. I had to spend time with my family because, unfortunately, they don't have the, the visa, the UFC visa to, to stay here with me in the U.S., So, but now um, I found I found another team. I belong now to Shooter Box under Diego Lima. So I, I feel very welcome welcome there. They are they are they are like a family for me now. I'm very happy to to represent them right now. Yeah. Do you feel like overall, Devison? You know, now that you are working with Uriah, you've got a new team at Shooter Box. Do you feel like this is just a good fresh start for you, Davidson? Você está você sentindo que agora é um novo recomeço? Você trabalhando com o Faber e trabalhando com a Chutebox, uh, você sente que isso agora é um novo recomeço na sua vida? Tenho plena certeza que sim, né? 100%. E, cara, eu estou feliz, como eu falei. Uh, são muitas coisas boas que estão se realizando na minha vida e eu estou vendo isso agora, né? tomando conhecimento disso agora. E... Só, só, só tenho a agradecer a Deus, né? Levanta as mãos para o céu e agradeço a Ele por estar vivendo isso até. Well, I'm 100% positive. I'm, I, it, is a, it is a a new start. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. I thank God. I put my hands up and uh, uh, I thank Him every day. Uh, it is. It is a new a new new beginning. It is. It's a fresh start. Yeah. Well, Devison, uh, I think we're all looking forward to you coming back in December and defending your belt. You are the best flyweight in the UFC without a doubt, no matter who has that title after July. And, uh, you know, stay resting, stay healthy, and uh, we all look forward to you coming back in December. Bem, Davidson, uh, um prazer conversar com você. Mal posso esperar ver você lutar em dezembro. Uh, não importa quem, quem vai lutar por esse cinturão interino, você é o campeão, certo? Mal posso esperar você lutar. Esteja saudável, esteja descansando, se cuide e até mais. Ah, obrigado, obrigado pelas palavras e pode ter certeza de voltar me cuidando 100%. E em dezembro eu voltar 100%, mais magro, no shape, para que eu possa defender meu cinturão aí, cheio de, no de novas técnicas agora treinando na futebol. Well, thank you so much for your words. Now, uh, guys, be ready because in December I'll be back 100%. Representing Shooter Box. Uh, I'm gonna put some show for you guys with the new techniques. Be ready to see another Davidson. I love it. Uh, Davidson Obergado, thank you so much for the time. I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much, Philip. Welcome, See you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. I, ho I, I hope so. Bye bye. Want to say a big thank you, of course, to UFC flyweight champion Devison Figueiredo for joining me on the show. Uh, first time chatting with him. That was an honor and a pleasure. Definitely appreciate him taking the time. Also good to get an update on him. Looking like December for his return to action. And uh, he believes it's going to be Kai Car France who's going to come out victorious. Definitely possible. Kai Car France has looked incredible in his last couple of fights. Big win over Askar Askarov in his last outing uh, here at UFC Columbus in my town. So uh, looking forward to that one, and it's uh, it's going to be a good one. I'm really interested to see uh, how that fight plays out. I'm not a big fan of that interim title. If you can tell from the interview, I'm not a big uh, big fan of interim titles being introduced while a champion has just defended the belt in January, and he's planning to be back by the end of December, uh, not even a year out. But uh, that's just the business of uh, the business of MMA, or I guess more importantly, business of UFC. Uh, if Francis Ngannou can win a title in March and an interim title could be introduced three months later, I guess anything is possible in this day and age. And I will say, no problem with guys making more money because I have to assume that Kai Car France and uh, Brandon Moreno are both going to get a pay bump. They're going to get more money from Venom and their sponsorship kick. 
in that regard, I'm all for it. Go out and make your money. Got no problem with that. Don't really don't really understand the idea of introducing an interim title at this point, but it is what it is. Uh, ultimately, it's a, a glorified number one contenders fight. Uh, and in that case, again, maybe come December when Devison is ready to go again and both guys are fighting with a title already around the waist, then hopefully both guys are getting pay-per-view points and getting the bump in the pay in terms of the Venom money and all those kind of things. So, again, in that regard, they're both getting paid more. Hand out the interim titles. Uh, I think we all know how this goes uh, in this day and age of the business. With that being said, uh, prior to UFC 277, which will have Devison Figueredo and his eyes glued on the co-main event in that fight, let's talk about a man, let's talk to a man who will headline the upcoming UFC London card, stepping into enemy territory against Tom Aspinall in the main event, Curtis Blades. Uh, it's always fun to have on the show, always a really enjoyable interview, and uh, one of the most upfront and honest and brutally honest guys you'll talk to in this business. He has been uh, uh, kind of a guy on the fringe of, of title contention several times and now it looks like once again he should be right there knocking on the door of a title fight but as it is he's stepping into enemy territory fighting a guy like tom aspinall while we're still awaiting word on what's going on with john jones steve miocic and of course the champion himself francis Ngannou, still dealing with his knee injury and not expected to be back before the end of the year or early 2023 got to feel for a guy like curtis but you also got to respect a guy like curtis willing to step up step into enemy territory and fight a guy on his home turf that doesn't necessarily do as much for curtis as a win would do for tom aspinall so with that being said let's talk to one of the top heavyweights in the sport right now curtis blades the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to the show. I am always happy to be joined by my next guest. He is one of the top heavyweight fighters in the world, and uh, he got quite rave reviews for his last appearance on the podcast, so I'll give him, a, give him a heads up on that one as well. He returns to action July 23rd in the main event at UFC London against Tom Aspinall. Always a pleasure to speak to Curtis Blades. Curtis, how are you? Well, good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Appreciate you taking the time as always. Of course, uh, had you on to co-host the show last time. I don't know if you heard, but we got quite a good reaction, man. I feel like you got to get back on here and do this more often now. I'm, I'm, I, honestly, I'm surprised. I didn't didn't think I had that much. Uh, I didn't think people enjoyed me that much. That's good to know, though. 
it is you you did a good job and we appreciate you coming back of course now curtis uh, i i was of course at your last fight with uh chris Dacus in columbus in my town in columbus ohio scored a big knockout coming out of that we're really sure what was next and then it ends up being tom aspinall in london so can you kind of give me an idea like how this came together was it just as easy as them saying hey do you want to fight there because i'd heard rumors maybe it was going to be tied to ivasa i heard a couple other things so kind of break down like how this thing came together um, well, for me, on my end, it was just, I, I knew options were limited. It had to be either Aspinall on or Tuivasa. And, um, yeah, it's just like you, it just reached out and it was like, do you want to fight Aspinall? Obviously I said, yes. I didn't care where the venue was, but then they said England. I've always wanted to go to England. So just an excuse to go to England and make some money. Yeah. Was there ever, was there ever talk of that too? Because I heard rumors that maybe they were trying to put that together and it didn't happen. If there, if there was any discussion, it didn't reach me. <laughs> so with, with this fight again in London, we got to be honest, you know, a lot of guys wouldn't do this. You know, you're stepping in his backyard, you're stepping into what is considered enemy territory. You know, you deal with the crowd, things like that. And I know you've always embraced it. You don't seem to be afraid of going anywhere. But did you kind of, uh, did you like the idea of going to England for this one in terms of, you know, fighting him in his town and his, in his country? Yeah, I mean, like I said, honestly, it doesn't matter. Once you get in the octagon and you touch hands, you can't hear what the crowd is saying. Um, I've fought in Australia. I fought Hunt. I don't know what the Aussies were saying. They were probably saying a bunch of stuff. I don't know because it's white noise. And I fought in Chicago when I fought Alistair. I don't know what anyone in Chicago was saying. It was white noise. So it really doesn't, the venue doesn't matter to me at all. Yeah. Now, Curtis, you know this, and you don't need me to tell you this, but I'm going to say it anyways. You are a rare breed because – we talked the last time we had you on the show, you know, the uncertainty that going on in the heavyweight division. And, and a lot of people would complain and say, man, I'm tired of the title being held up. You know, what's going on? Why am I not part of the interim title fight? Blah, blah. You know, you go on and go on. Now, you obviously have a, a case to make for all those things. But you 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 are stepping up and taking a fight that we got to be honest. A lot of other heavyweights wouldn't take. He's a guy lower in the rankings. He's not as established as you. He hasn't fought the same level of competition as you throughout his career. Again, stepping into his hometown, all these kind of things that a lot of guys wouldn't do. Do you feel like that just is what part of what makes you different than the average or or any a lot of the other heavyweights? Because you're doing what some guys just would not do. I mean, I guess how that you bring it up. I mean, I never really thought about it. I just, I haven't really. I don't think I've ever turned down a fight. I get an opponent. I'm like, okay, like, and. With the, the UFC, turning down fights isn't a, a good idea. It's just that it, it starts to put you in a, a bad um, light. So I never, that all has ever even crossed my mind. And, um, yeah, I don't care about, I, I just wanted the top five guy. Like I, like I said earlier, I knew it had to be either Aspinall, Gunn, or Tuivasa. I would have been happy with either one of them. I would have gone back to Australia to fight Tuivasa. I would have gone to France to fight Gone. It doesn't matter. People who think the venue actually has a, a, a factor on the outcome of the fight, I, I don't know what to tell you. Besides, I think you're wrong. I don't think it matters at all. It's who's going to be able to implement their game plan first and the most uh, effectively and that doesn't have anything to do with the venue to me. Yeah. Well, you're also a college wrestler and guys and girls who have not been around college wrestling. When you go into a rival gym, when you go into a rival state yeah. school or whatever, that gets nasty. Like people don't understand. Like you've been there before. Like that's a whole other kind of atmosphere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like it. I like, I like to, that's the pettiness in me. I like to go somewhere else and eat and beat the person that everyone wants wants to win. I I get a a rush out of that. So yeah. and and I like to that's one of the few perks of being in the UFC besides the money, um, is exploring other places that I wouldn't I wouldn't be exploring if I wasn't 
weren't in the UFC. Like, I don't think I would have ever visited uh, Beijing if I didn't, if I weren't, wasn't in the UFC. I like that. I like exploring other places. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. To that point, you mentioned, you know, turning down fights is probably never a good idea. You're certainly not the first person to say that. And you definitely won't be the last. Um, I know in the past, Curtis, and we've talked about this, you know, in terms of your your place in the UFC, in terms of contracts, money, things like that. I know it sounds like I'm playing therapist right now, but are you happy right now with where you're at in terms of the UFC with your contract and everything? Because, again, you're a guy who keeps stepping up when they need it. When they needed a main event in Columbus after the other one fell out. You stepped up. They need a main event in London against a guy from London or a guy from England, I should say. Uh, you stepped up. Like, are you happy with where you're at right now in terms of with the promotion with the UFC? Yeah, um, the money is good. I'm getting main events. I'm getting exposure. It helps with sponsorships. It helps with uh, building my brand, like getting eyes on me. Um, I like the main event bonus extra twenty five thousand. That's it's nice and. Uh, and a guy who's had, like, I think almost, not yet, but I've had, like, maybe 15 or 16 fights in the UFC. This will be my sixth main event. I I think that shows the UFC believes I'm, I'm good enough to be a headliner. Eventually, maybe one day I'll be able to headline a pay-per-view. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, guys in main events, you know, you don't get these by accident and you definitely don't get them multiple times by accident. I mean, again, they're selling the entire card around you and your name and what you bring to the card. So it says a lot, right? Like there's faith putting you in those moments and, and they're not going to just give you that opportunity just because like you got to earn those opportunities, especially multiple times. Like it's one thing to get one, but like you said, this is six. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty, you know, pretty big deal. Yeah. I just, I was watching, uh, Rob Font versus uh, Cheeto Vera. That was his first main event. He's been in the UFC for longer than me. I think he's been a top guy for longer than me also. And he had to wait like eight years to get his first main events. So I'm like, I think I'm doing uh, pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know you talked about building your brand. Uh, can I ask you real quick? I know uh, we were actually, I had actually reached out about getting you on last week and I know you were actually traveling back from New York city. You did a gal out there. Do you mind if I ask you about that? Cause I know you love using your platform for doing things sure. different, doing things. And I wanted to ask you about that because I just thought it was an amazing day. I want to let you tell the story, but if you could talk about that, please. Uh, well, yeah. Um, after my fight, I had seen, I, I was reading the comments couldn't do that. I, no, no. But I was reading them, and I was seeing a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, Blades, his speech is real slurred." It sounds like he has CTE, and I I've been hearing that for years. And I was just like, "Man, okay, I'm gonna speak on it one time." I don't have CTE. I have a speech impediment. It doesn't have anything to do with combat sports. I've had it my whole life. I made a whole post about it on all my media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. And um, I guess after that, this organization called Say, S-A-Y, um, I think I think I have a, a brochure right here. Let me get it right. Yeah. Oh, Say, uh, the Stuttering Association for the Young. They reached out to me or they reached out to my, my management and they were like, hey, we saw your post. We think it's really awesome that you're speaking out for the uh, community. And honestly, I'd never really thought about me being a part of a community. I, I've always just been like, it's me. I stutter. I mean, my dad stutters also, but it's me and him. And um, yeah, they reached out. And they just wanted me to go out there and just see what they're about. And I thought it was really dope. I got to talk with the the youth. They're a bunch of teenagers and like early, like 18 to 21 year olds. And um, it was just awesome hearing their stories, hearing their own experiences that mirror my experiences and um, hearing like, hearing their doubts and being able to tell them like, you don't have to worry about that. Like 
it's not going to be an issue. You're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. If you want to be a doctor, you want to be a teacher, whatever you, whatever aspirations that you have, your speech impediment is not going to be what holds you back. So, and um, I look forward to working with them again, maybe going out on another little fundraiser or they have these little camps where they bring in people like me and we just talk and get to know each other and just build the um, a community. And I, I want to do my best, use my platform to spread the word because obviously they've been around for 24 years and I'm 31. I'm just not hearing about it. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't have a speech impediment who haven't heard of this organization. And I just want to bring, bring more eyes onto it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so amazing. I saw your post on Instagram a couple of days ago with your kid, and you were like, this is the real reason I do it. You know, this is the reason I do it for my family, things like that. But um, to be a role model, I mean, you don't necessarily step into the octagon thinking I'm going to be a role model, right? Like, you don't you know, no. go in there thinking I'm influenced. But but th- it's important, right? Because you know, representation matters in all facets of life, whether we're talking about movies, TV, music, whatever it is. And I think that's so huge. And not that you need me to tell you that, but I just think that's amazing because, again, you're going to inspire a kid out there who's dealing with the same thing. He's going to say, oh, look, this is one of the best heavyweight fighters in the world. Look where he's at. Look what I can do. Like, that's an inspiring thing. And, again, I know you didn't sign up for that, but but I think it's amazing you're doing that. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my goal when I got into this. It was just I wanted to make some good money, but <laughs> it's a nice uh, perk. It's a nice um, – I'm, I'm happy I can use my platform to really, really help people that are like me. And like, just, I know how it feels. I know the, I know exactly what they're thinking. Um, I know the fears they have. I know it can be, can be scary to do public speaking, like interviews, like things like this. A decade ago, I would have been like, I really don't want to do this. But the more you do it, the more you force yourself to, step outside of where you're comfortable. That's where growth happens. It happens when you're uncomfortable. And I've I've been uncomfortable a lot over these last eight, nine years. But it's been a lot of growth also. And I just, I want them to see that. And I want them to see that you don't have to, you don't have to to worry. That's the biggest thing. That was one of the things I always, I worried about. I, I used to want to be a history teacher. But then I thought about Man, high schoolers are assholes, and they're gonna. I'm gonna stutter. I'm gonna mess up this word or whatever. And they're gonna just. I'm gonna lose the whole uh, classroom. And I, I let that. I let my speech impediment like push me away from something I really wanted to do. But then I'm. I ended up doing this. It was all a part of God's plan. But yeah, I want them to not. To not do what I did. Walk away from things you want to do because of your impediment. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Well, and I, and I really do mean this. When I had you on to co-host a podcast a few months ago, back in, I think it was January, uh, I got great reaction. I was like, man, Curtis is great. Like, that was a great, great talk between you two. So, I, again, like I said, now you're stuck. You got to come back as often as you can. I'm sorry. You're just stuck with it. I'm, I'm, I apologize. You're just not getting away. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I, I don't mind it no more. It's <laughs> um, with that being said, you know, talking about, you know, going back to this fight and, and before I move on to other things, let me ask you this, because I, you know, I know you're not a guy who sits there and pays attention to what your opponents say about you or, or what anyone says about you. Really, you've kind of tuned that out. And I agree with you. Never read the comments. That's the worst thing you can do in life. Uh, but, that, but that being said, uh, Tom did an interview on the MMA hour recently, and he had absolutely nothing but glowing things to say about you. I know that it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad to you, but he said, listen, Curtis is the toughest possible matchup for me in this division. That's why I embrace it. Uh, you know, he's an incredible fighter, incredible wrestler, incredible everything. Like, again, nothing but glowing compliments. Again, I know it doesn't matter because you fought guys who try to trash talk, and I know you fought guys who really don't say anything, but does it, does it at least matter a little bit in terms of getting that respect from your peers, getting respect from the guy you're about to fight that he doesn't feel the need to tear you down. He's saying, listen, this is the toughest guy in this division for me. Uh, and I know that, and I respect him for that. I, I think that says a lot about his character that he speaks, you know, he's about to fight you. And he's like, listen, this is the toughest matchup I could have. A lot of guys. Yeah. I respect that. A lot of guys, I feel like they talk smack because they're scared or they're, they're worried and they don't want to like, they want to like, uh, project this like confidence 
But when you are confident, which is, it sounds like Espinal is confident, I expect that. Like, there's no need for you. I've, I've never done that because I've always been confident. I don't feel the need to talk smack because, I, like I said, I like to fight guys that are legit. Well, no, I didn't say that to you. I was another interview. They were asking me, like, do you like to fight high-ranked guys or guys that are easy? I'm like, I always prefer the higher-ranked guys. I, I want to be able to brag about a victory. And to be Aspinall, that's a braggable victory. I, I respect him. I think he's extremely explosive. He's, he's got the hands. He's already shown. He's got the jujitsu. And I think he's probably either the second or third best, um, like, not wrestler, but um, grappler I've gone against besides Olenek and maybe Alistair. So I put him up there with those guys. And, uh, yeah, just mutual respect. That's what I want. That's all I, that's all I want. Like, you don't, you don't have to go over the top and like give me extra, extra praise. I just, I don't feel the need. I don't think me or my opponent should have to stoop down to like talking smack. I, I get it. It, it gets the fans hyped up. They should be hyped up regardless. It's going to be a hell of a fight. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, your last fight, when I talked to you afterwards in Columbus, you got a big knockout, and you went out there with the purpose of, like, I'm going to show different things I can do. And you outstruck a guy who was known as a as a striker. You outstruck him and knocked him out. It was a really impressive fight. Now, this time, I'm not going to actually give away your game plan, of course, but you're going against a guy who is known for grappling. Now, it's not to say he doesn't have knockout power because he has knockouts, of course, in the UFC. But he, as you mentioned, he's more well-known for his grappling. Look what he did to, to Volkov, a guy you fought, and I know you had a, a battle with for five rounds. Um is there always there's always something to prove in every fight, whether you're fighting a grappler, a striker, whatever. But in this particular world, if it goes that way, like, do you do you look forward to the moment of actually if you do get into a grappling exchange with this guy to prove? Because I think it's been well proven, Curtis, you're the best wrestler in the heavyweight division. That's really not up for debate, I don't think. Um but again, grappling, you know, doing jujitsu. I know you post a lot of videos where you're always doing jujitsu, things like that. Like if that part of the game happens, do you look forward to that? Because a lot of people are saying, man, Tom Aspinall might be the best grappler in the heavyweight division right now. And I'm like, hold on, there's this guy named Curtis Blades out there. And I think people forget. So like, do you, do you always take that as like a challenge? I mean, I don't feel like I need to prove anything. I feel like my stats, they, they do that for me. Like, you don't just get 50, 59 takedowns if you're not extremely uh, talented at, at wrestling. I think I am. But um, it is always good to, like, be able to test yourself. And this will be a test, and that's I look forward to that. I look forward to showing the world that I'm not just taking down bums. I can take down guys who are skilled also. And I do believe he's skilled but I also believe I'll, I'll be able to t take them down when I want to. Yeah, and we all know your ground and pound game. You know, grappling is one thing, ground and pound is another, and I think you have some of the most vicious ground and pound in the division. We've seen it in the Alistair fight. We've seen it in other fights as well, and I think that, you know, it's the old, what is it, the old Matt Hughes thing? You're, you know, when you're a black belt, you get punched. You go down to brown belt, you get punched again. You're a purple belt. Like, and uh, I think I think you like to punch guys out of their belt status in, uh, in grappling. Yeah, that's, that's my game plan. Um, I mean, obviously, if the pass is there, if I can get from half guard to side control, I will. But I don't. I'm just hanging out in half guard and just eating you up because that's it's a win. A win's a win. I'm not. I'm not in it for style points. They don't. I mean, potentially they pay you extra, but honestly, for me, the biggest thing is just getting the win bonus. So, however, I gotta do that. If it is a submission, if it is ground and pound i'm happy either way i just want the w yeah now curtis you said in a different interview i think it was with my buddy james lynch you were talking about you know coming out of this fight even with a win here you're like i think you said something i don't want to misquote you something to the effect of you, know, you don't even believe a win here will probably get you a title shot because there's so much uncertainty right now with francis Ngannou injured we're not sure what's going on his contract of course they're talking about making john jones and stipe later this year in september again we don't know if it's going to happen but it looks like it's going to happen um 
I'm not going to ask you to repeat yourself again in terms of the mentality where you said this in January and you said it in your, in your post fight with, with Chris Dawkins that, you know, you don't get lost in the details in terms of you don't allow yourself to sit there and just get totally frustrated about the picture at heavyweight because you're a guy again, who's taking this fight when a lot of other guys wouldn't, you're legitimately the number, you know, number one contender, you should be in an interim title fight, but you're not sitting there complaining. I understand probably in the back of your head, you're like, Hey, I don't know why I'm not in this, but how do you deal with like, how do you compartmentalize that? Because we've seen it a million times where guys should get it. I mean, absolutely deserve the shot, deserve to get better opportunities, but they don't. And it does distract them. They get lost in that. They say, man, I'm so, you know, I'm so angry. I didn't get the title shot or I didn't get this fight with this guy. And then they go in the fight and you see, it's completely taking them out of their mentality. How do you compartmentalize that? Because, I can tell you, hey, Curtis, I think you should be in that interim title fight. I think you should be in a heavyweight title fight sooner rather than later. But my words are, you know, I'm, I'm paying you a compliment. But again, you still have to hear it. So how do you compartmentalize that going into a fight and not allowing the outside stuff to bother you? Um, I just, I don't know. It's just ever really an issue. Maybe it's the wrestling at ground. Like I'm used to going to a tournament at 8 a.m. and you don't know what your seed is going to be. You might be the number one seed, the number five seed, number 16 seed. And eventually you hope to be in the finals. And if it's a, if it's like four rounds, eventually you're going to have to go against a good guy. That's how I think about this. It's just one extra long tournament. And eventually along the way, you're going to have to fight good guys i've never understood why like especially in boxing people avoid tough fights because eventually if you want to be the best you're going to all your opponents are going to be tough like i'm in top five i've been in the top five since 2018 everyone's going to be tough there are no easy fights here so it's just it's what i expect i expect aspinall and then after this i expect the winner of tuivasa versus Khan. And then after that, I expect um, most likely the interim title against either the winner of Stipe versus John Jones. And then after that, I expect to probably have to defend. I just, I, I maybe it's because I'm a pessimist. I don't expect it to be easy. I expect it to, to be hard. I Anything worth having is going to be hard. And getting the title is worth having so i just expect it to be a long hard road and this is just a part of that road yeah absolutely we talked back in january and we kind of joked you know we always talk about the, the lay of the land of heavyweight we we kind of joked about john jones almost like you know we shouldn't really talk about him until he actually has a fight scheduled because he's been out for over two years now again nothing is scheduled but all signs are pointing towards September with him and Stipe. Now again, not a done deal, not signed, all those kind of things. Let's put that into into you know consideration. We're talking about this, but you're a guy. You actually, and again, it's been years, but you did train with Stipe back in the day, and you know Stipe very well. And I know you have a lot of respect for Stipe. John Jones, arguably the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, uh, coming up to a different division. I know you've given a little bit of this, but I got to ask you, Curtis. Like, what do you think of that matchup? And are because a lot, I think a lot of people are counting Stipe out already. I think that's a big mistake. I, I just I don't understand how you can count out one of the greatest heavyweights of all time against a guy who's never fought a heavyweight, never had heavyweight power, you know, in a real fight hit him. And again, I think John's incredible. It's nothing against John Jones, but it is a different animal. We've heard this time and time again. OSP came up and said, man, those heavyweights hit freaking hard. We've seen other guys say it like it's a whole other animal when you go to heavyweights. So what are, you, are people just counting out Stipe because of re, uh, respect to John Jones? Or I don't know. What is it? It just feels like people are saying Stipe doesn't have a chance. And I think that's ridiculous. I feel like when you say people, do you mean like casuals? Do you mean do you mean like the educated MMA fans? I think educated MMA fans understand this fight is legitimately a pick them. It could go either way. Because you're right, John, he hasn't shown that one punch knockout power, but what he has shown is he's extremely creative. Like He'll hit you with elbows, knees, heaps, all types of stuff. And even on the ground, he's he's aggressive. Like he's looking for submissions. He's looking to drop elbows. So he, he brings a lot to the table. But the biggest thing he doesn't have is that power. I think that's always the equalizer. 
Um, I think Stipe, I would pick Stipe to win this just because he's been in five-round heavyweight fights multiple, multiple times, and he's shown one-punch power when he knocked out Fabricio, when when he knocked out Alistair. I know that wasn't one punch, but it was one punch that that set up the finish. So he's already shown he, he has that, and he has the wrestling. He has the conditioning. I just believe he's a smart enough fighter. He'll be able to figure out uh, John after two or three rounds, and he'll start to start to land. And his punches are going to are going to hurt more than the punches of John Jones. That's just what I think. But honestly, it can go either way because who knows what if John Jones comes out and takes down Stipe, and then he's the guy on top. We haven't seen Stipe on bottom. Well, I guess we have against DC, but the uh, dimensions of DC versus John Jones are different. So he's a different guy. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I would, like I said, I would pick Stipe, but I wouldn't be shocked if he lost either. It's like yeah. That. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think what 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 concerns me most, well, not concerns me, what like makes it most interesting to me is that John, in his last few fights with Tiago, with Dominic Reyes, he's get he's gotten hit, and yeah. you know Dominic Reyes tagged him pretty hard, and you yeah. know and again, and that was a you know real worrisome moment. I actually thought Dominic won that fight again. Absolutely nothing against he John too. actually scored, but. You you hit John like that. Stipe hits John like that. Yeah. It's a hard time he to believe that he's going to keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I've I've sparred with Tom before multiple multiple times. He does hit hard, but it ain't like getting hit by heavyweight. It ain't the same. Yeah, is there an argument? You know, we talk about like Tom Aspinall paid you the compliment saying he thinks you are the toughest possible matchup for him in this division, and I agree. I think you're a tough matchup for anybody, and I think you are a nightmare matchup for a lot of heavyweights. It, would Stipe be one of the most intriguing fights just because of that aspect, the wrestler? Because yeah. you haven't really fought. Like with that again, I'm not saying you're calling him out. I want to make that you know, assumption, but like to me, that's one of the most fascinating fights we could see in this division because your wrestling and his wrestling, your power and his power. I think that's a really intriguing matchup, but I do hope we see it one day. I I think stylistically, we're the most similar. Like. He's a smart, technical boxer who uses his footwork. That's what I like. That's what I strive. I strive to do. And this is one thing that he does that I I'm looking to add into my game. He doesn't force the takedowns. Like sometimes I just force. I just have it in my head. We're going to the ground. He he allows the takedown to happen organically, so they're smoother and it doesn't take as much energy. Me. I don't mind spending the energy because I think it's worth it. Once I get on top, that's when I get to rest. But that's just something I've always liked to, I've been focusing on like implementing, like not telegraphing the takedowns or being so intentional about it, just allowing it to happen. That's something I've, I've always admired about his game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, real quick before I get you out here, last time we talked in January, you made a prediction at that time. We talked about the Nganu situation and you said that you, know, you believe that the EOC should let him go do his thing with Tyson Fury and ultimately, you know, come back. And, and here we sit, you know, six months later, basically still kind of in the same situation. He just had knee surgery. He's going to be out until 2023. And they're talking about doing this special rules fight with Tyson Fury, which Again, you and I said the same thing. Go make your money. You know, go get your money. If you're going to get paid $30 million, trust me. For $30 million, Curtis, I would fight you. The fight would last four seconds. <laughs> I but would I'd fight you. It would it'd be, it'd be over in four seconds as long as it would take you to charge against the octagon and kill me. But I would take $30 million to do it. Uh, so I'm all for that. But, again, I don't know that anything's changed, so I don't want to make you feel like you have to give a different answer. But but do you feel like we're still in the same situation? Like, ultimately, in God, I think on, I think ultimately Ngannou will return. I just think, ultimately, long-term, the UFC is where he's going to end up. But I think they got to come to some kind of an agreement. And I don't think there's a problem with him doing the Tyson Fury, especially now that it's a mixed – it's not even a boxing match. Yeah. If it's a mixed rules fight, like he can use MMA gloves, that's a much different fight. I mean, I don't think it matters regardless. Even if he goes out there and gets knocked out, that's a totally different sport. That's like if I did a pro uh, jujitsu match and I go out there and get submitted in the first, first like, 25 seconds. What does that mean? Because when you put MMA gloves on, 
it's a different sport. So I don't think the outcome of the fight should even be a factor in determining if he can do it or not. I think he should be allowed to do it. I think he should be allowed to come back into the UFC because they allowed Conor McGregor to do it. Once you did it for McGregor, you set a precedent. You opened Pandora's box, and you can't blame other MMA fighters who a lot of guys follow McGregor like the methodology of let me talk smack and let me be extra boisterous, and it works. And so I just I don't think McGregor, he should be allowed to do something that other guys who've also earned the opportunity. Because it's not just like Ngannou's just a dude. He He's had the belt. He's had a lot of highlight knockouts. I think he's earned – I think it helps the sport, just like it did with McGregor. You bring a lot more eyes onto an MMA guy who's in a different sport for one night. You bring those eyes up to him, then he comes back in, into the UFC and he brings all those eyes with him. I think it only helps the sport. Yeah, I agree. Can I imagine for like $30 million, you would gladly lace up the boxing gloves? <laughs> I would fight Anthony Joshua right now for a million bucks. I don't care. The outcome doesn't even matter to me. Obviously, I want to win. I'll do my best. But if he wins, like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't have, I think that's going back to, what you were asking me earlier about how do I block out everything? I don't have any ego. That's that's the big. A lot of guys they let their egos get so big and then they they start feeling like I deserve this. I deserve it. I don't have any ego. I don't feel like I should be handed anything. I don't mind earning earning the things I get. Yeah, absolutely. Before I let you go, I got to tell you, I did steal one of your things. I forgot to tell you this. You might have seen it on Twitter. Uh, at your post-fight press conference, when we talked in Columbus, you had said that, you know, you thought Chris Dawkins should get under light heavyweight. And you said, just because you weigh 240 pounds doesn't mean you're a heavyweight. And I stole that line, and I used it on Conor McGregor, and he got mad at me about that. I don't know if he saw that. Like, he responded. He was not happy. I said, I said, I used your quote, and I said, just because Conor McGregor weighs 170 pounds doesn't mean he's a welterweight. And he did not like oh. hearing that. Uh, but I said, but it's true. I, lo- I love Conor. I think Conor's yeah. one of the most talented it's guys true. in the world. I just don't think he's, like, when I see him matched up with, like, an Usman or, or one, I just don't think he's a welterweight. He's an incredible lightweight, incredible featherweight. One of the best guys in the world. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But again, that's like saying, you know, listen, I think Israel Adesanya is pound for pound one of the best guys in the sport. How would he do it heavyweight? I don't think it would go well. That's not a knock on Israel Adesanya. That's just no. the logistics <laughs> of physics. You know what I mean? But Connor did not I, like hearing that. But I, I used your quote. And I, I have to say, I have to give you credit. I did use your quote for that. I mean, there's a reason there's weight classes. Like, there's a reason. I think if. McGregor pumped up to Walter Waite. Yeah, there's probably a, a few guys on the bottom end of the top 10 he could maybe beat, but he's not beating Usman. I don't even I don't even think he beats my homie Neil Magny. I don't think he beats Neil Magny because he doesn't have the the cardio to go like that with bigger guys. That's that's one of the things that makes Neil so special is he is a legitimate welterweight but he has the conditioning of a bantamweight yeah absolutely it's funny you say that i interviewed neil a couple weeks ago and we were talking about his willingness to just fight whoever they throw at him never you know never says no to fights never backs down uh is it something you guys are putting in the water in colorado or what's going on out there because you guys have that same mentality i think it's just a vibe that's one of the reasons i i really i like the the team aspect here like a lot of other have teams but i I think here at Elevation, it's, it's a real team aspect. And it's a vibe. Everyone here is super chill. There's, we don't have no assholes. We don't have people that are, like, all about me, me, me. It's me, Neil, Drew Dober, AG, Corey, Sanhagen. We're all, like, the, the same personality. We just want to be martial artists. We don't talk smack. We just want to win fights and, and grow. Absolutely. Well, Curtis, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you. I said, I know you, you, you're, I don't know how much you enjoy doing the interviews, but I tell you, you're stuck now because I love, I think you're one of the best interviews in the game and I always love talking to you and I appreciate taking the time. Have a good training camp, uh, safe travels out to England. I'm sure we'll chat afterwards, but thank you as always for the time. I really do appreciate it. No problem, man. Um, I'll let you know. You're one of the few interviewers I do. Actually, I 
enjoyed more interviews with you and with Lynch. You're one of the, the few. It's a very small, minute group. Well, I appreciate being on that list, Curtis. I really do, man. We'll talk soon, okay? All right, so you uh, have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. A big thank you once again to Curtis Blades for coming on the show. One of the most fun interviews. I always enjoy talking to him. He's always got such a wonderful, honest, and uh, and realistic perspective when it comes to his uh, division, the heavyweight division, as well as his own career. And uh, you got to respect a guy who is willing to step into enemy territory for a fight that means far more in terms of rankings to Tom Aspinall than necessarily what it does to Curtis Blades, considering where he's at versus uh, Tom Aspinall. We hear all the time the unfortunate side of the rankings, guys or girls who don't want to fight people ranked below them because it doesn't do as much. And while I do understand that, sometimes you have to fight those fights. Uh, and, and we don't get a fight like Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall unless Curtis Blades is willing to throw caution to the wind fly halfway around the world, go to England, fight Tom Aspinall on his home turf in a, in a hostile environment. Uh, you got to love a guy who's willing to do that. So uh, very much looking forward to that. Uh, we will not be here next week. I will be on vacation for the first time in about three years. I'm going to be headed out to San Diego Comic-Con for a week. So very excited to be out there for that. Uh, so stay tuned to my Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. If you're uh, following me on any of those social media platforms, I'll be posting plenty of photos from San Diego Comic-Con, return for the first time in three years, so very much excited about that. Uh, and a big thank you uh, for the uh, time off as well. So looking forward to a break. We will be back on UFC 277 Fight Week. Uh, we're going to welcome back to the show Joe Lozon, who's going to join me and help me preview some of the key storylines going on at that event, including the main event between Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes, as well as the interim flyweight title fight between Brandon Marino and Kai Carr France. A big thank you to everyone that tunes in each and every week to the show. Uh, make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, over on MMAfighting.com. We will see you guys in two weeks when the fighter versus the rider returns. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you then. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.